0: Welcome to Lit with Kelly and Jacqueline, the podcast. If you're one of the people who have stopped by our blog at litwithkellyandjacqueline.com, thanks for reading and for finding us here. If this is the first time you've heard of us, we're glad you found the podcast.
1: I'm Kelly. And I'm Jacqueline. And we're back here in the book cave, um, discussing another great book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've, had, we've had some real um, hits We have. The last few choices,
0: I think. Yeah. And this one doesn't disappoint either. No, I love this book. We're here for um, episode 35 we 35.
1: 35. Well, that's what I put on there. Anyway.
0: Great. 35.
1: So it is now. It's very exciting. That was my favorite age. Was <laughs> it? Do you want to talk 35? about why on the podcast? <laughs> no. <laughs> 35. All right. It was after 30, but before 40. Yeah, well, <laughs> right. I, yeah. I remember
0: feeling that way. Uh, like, uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Okay. So 35. We're
0: here to talk about Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. We think that's how you say it. G-A-R-M-U-S. Mm-hmm. And um, I, Kelly, I don't know if I can summarize this book. I've been can thinking you do about it? this
1: and it's going to be a very brief one because okay. I, I think there's a lot of spoilers you could yeah. give away in a summary and I don't want to do that yet. So what I would say is that this is a story of a woman named Elizabeth Zott, mm-hmm. who is a woman living in a time that she is way too... <laughs> modern for do you know what i mean like yeah she's she needs to be in the nineteen. It's holding her back yes she needs to be this is set in 19 late 1950s early 1960s and um where women you know are seen as the housewife and and uh she's a chemist and mm-hmm. uh and brilliant and, and uh, very very smart but you know men don't view women that way during this time period so she needs to be in the well do they even do that now? That's arguable, but it's a little bit more pro-women yeah. now, so she, she's just way before her time. She'd maybe have a better and time And this now. is the story of her uh, trying to navigate her living through uh, a society that gives a little value to women. There you go.
0: Nice job. Well, thank you. I'm always super impressed when you can do that. I was trying to tell someone about this book today without ruining anything, so I was like, uh-huh. I think you would really like it, but I like couldn't articulate why she would really like it mm-hmm. other than... You know, yeah, she's all for women doing what they
1: want. Right. <laughs> so, right. yeah. Good job.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um so you mentioned the book was set in um the late 50s early 60s. So we split the difference for our cocktail this time. There weren't a lot of references to booze in this story. Mm-hmm. So we had to we had to go off script a little and um I did a little checking on um, the best of cocktails in 1960. And according to an article I found on delish.com, the cocktail everyone was going mad for in 1960 was the Whiskey Sour. Yes. And, and I kind of wish I could have seen your face when I suggested it. I,
1: I think my text was, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but she gamely agreed. Well, you all know, the things you have to do for art, right? For art, right. Yes. Yeah,
0: so, um, so we made whiskey sours today, but we did not. Eat. The reason that whiskey sour, according to this article, was popular then was because sour mix was becoming a staple in everyone's bar. Um, we didn't take that shortcut, though. Kelly had simple syrup here. I squeezed the lemon juice this morning, and we each put um, a whiskey that we like into our version. Yes. So I have Irish whiskey in mine. Kelly has a lovely one from Traverse City mm-hmm. in hers, and we're gonna try a sip now. Okay. So cheers. cheers!
1: Oh, oh, look at it! Your face didn't—it didn't pucker. No, Good. because while you were talking, I squeezed some of the orange thing. Okay. <laughs> And there's so I little, have a little bit of That's orange. Fine. And I think the simple syrup, like, yeah. no that, I mean, it still like has that, it. it still has that whiskey flavor, which, you know, whiskey is not, i not a fan of, mm-hmm. but it's not overbearing. No, it's not. It, there's a lot of citrus in there. It's very bright. And we also had to put in we do. A, a few little uh, maraschino cherries. However, yeah. they're not really maraschino no. cherries. They're, uh cherry moonshine cherries yeah so i like don't even keep maraschino cherries in my
0: house anymore Mm-mm. i just put these into drinks so oh, there's no reason to keep so the other kind good. yeah they're good mm-hmm. um so yeah so these are two ounces of bourbon three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice three quarters of an ounce of simple syrup shake 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 and a shaker with ice pour over ice into a glass and add cherries and an orange so they're it, yeah it's pretty bright and refreshing i like mm-hmm. it Yes. Okay. All right. So, way to go, 1960, on your choice cocktail. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll finish the whole
1: thing. Oh. It's rare that I don't finish cocktail.
0: Well, yeah, but (laughs) Uh what you know, our other choice. I was looking at the other years surrounding this. We could have done my ties, but I think by now everyone knows how we feel about the dark room. No, (laughs) (laughs) we're not going to do that. (laughs) Not going to do that. So, um, okay. So we what before we get into spoilers. Mm -hmm. What are you reading right now?
1: I have been so good. Have you? I have. Okay. So I have read. I think I mentioned this before. I was in the middle of the um. The last thing you told me by Laura yes. Dace, yeah, which I really liked, by the way. Okay, I didn't see it coming. At what it, you know. I haven't read it. Oh, I didn't so. see it coming. Um, and then I read um, obviously Lessons in Chemistry, and then I read um, Grace Under Fire by Julie Garwood. It's her latest one. And quite frankly, I did think that she wasn't alive anymore, and because <laughs> it was so long between okay. her last one and this one I okay. I thought oh man she must have died but no she is still writing um that was okay that's just your typical you know romance novel yep. um and then I I am currently reading uh the couple the, the couple at number 9 or something like that by oh. um Claire Douglas Is it a thriller? It's a it's a twisty turner mystery. Ooh and i'm just and there's just a lot of pieces going on and you know i'm getting i just have like maybe 50 pages left and Ooh. so i'm getting to the point where it's all coming together but yeah it's kept me going it's set in um in uh england okay mm-hmm. so that's a a broad net you've cast yes. this month yes nice <laughs> and yes and 3 books in 1 month that is awesome that is yes
0: great so. Um, okay, so I yeah, I reread. I had read lessons in chemistry several weeks back, so I did kind of a fast reread. I'm in the middle of listening to one called Red Island House by Andrea Lee. That's sort of the long saga of a family who builds a vacation home in Madagascar and how they're involved with the local people, um, when they're there, and then how that sort of carries into their lives in Italy when they're not visiting. Um, but also there's – it's it's working out to be a bunch of short stories, kind of, like a collection of stories year after year after year about what happens. And, and it starts off with what happens when they don't follow local rituals and, like, dedicate the house properly. Oh. <laughs> so it was a strong start. I liked – yeah, the, the audio is good. It's read by one of my favorite audiobook narrators, which I think is part of the reason I'm liking it so much. Um, I'm almost finished reading Isaac's Storm – which is an Eric Larson book that I had missed. Okay. This is back from like 1999. Oh, wow. And um, it's about the hurricane of 1900 that hit Galveston that no one saw coming. Oh, okay. And in typical Larson fashion, it's it's the science y like development of the Weather Bureau versus the actual event and how those things are merging. So um, I'm enjoying that. Although I probably shouldn't read it before bed anymore. <laughs> Because oh. last night I got to the actual hurricane. Oh. And I was I was like, maybe I shouldn't have been reading this right before I'm gonna go to <laughs> sleep. <laughs> so, and I'm already working on the next podcast book. So okay. we'll get to that later. So okay. I'm a little behind because I'm still watching a lot of the nominated oh, movies, right. but that's yeah, that's how I'm spending my time right now. So okay, so we've talked about the drink, we've talked about what we're reading. Are you ready to do spoilers? Uh yes we are. Okay, three two one spoiler alert. <laughs> All right. Okay. There's a lot happening there in this book. There are multiple stories in this book, yes. right? It is. I have to look again because I had to take note of this. It is 390 pages, and every one of them is packed full. Yes. There are. There's no wasted storytelling in this book. No.
1: And there's, like, multiple stories going on at one time. All yes. of the. You know, all about the same characters. Yes. Just different aspects of their life. And I'm thinking, well, how do you describe... You know, like towards the end, when you get to describing the end, you really got to go back to the beginning. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It's like, it was just like, wow.
0: Yeah. So, so you alluded to this in the, in the set, in the summary, that Elizabeth was not living in her time. She's not, definitely not living in her time. She's definitely not. Elizabeth is a brilliant chemist who no one is taking seriously. um, And we see that from the very beginning of the story. Mm -hmm. She's, um, she comes from some ne'er do well parents.
1: <laughs> right.
0: And I'm gonna leave some things unspoiled because there are some right. some interesting details you'll want to learn as you read it. But she comes from, yeah, a family that's making not the best choices. Correct. And she get you know, she gets into college. She's trying to make a name for herself. No one's taking her seriously. She's applied for the doctoral Doctorate. program. hmm and she gets in at UCLA, and then tragedy strikes. Yep. I won't spoil that either. Um, be forewarned, though, people there there are some triggers triggers in this book. Yes. Um, and she's then she doesn't get to do that anymore, and she's sort of relegated to this research lab. Is that
1: right? Yes. I mean, it's okay. her only choice, but yeah. The the thing that's funny, the thing that I love about Elizabeth is that she has no social cues whatsoever. <laughs> I mean she's better she, than Calvin. She well, yes, I mean she doesn't get social cues. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's like, evident much later during the TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Um but she like if somebody were to tell her no or whatever, it's it just goes right over her head and she does not what she thinks she should do anyway. Do you know what I mean? She makes yeah. it work for her, not because she's being vindictive or whatever, nope. because she just doesn't get what they were saying. If it doesn't make sense to her, she doesn't believe right. that this is the
0: answer. That's true. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so if you tell her no because you want her to do something one way and she doesn't see the sense behind doing it that way, she's just going to do her own thing anyhow. Right. <laughs> like, so how she meets Calvin is a prime example of that, right? So exactly. she's she is not going through the proper channels to acquire supplies for her lab. She knows where the supplies she needs are. She doesn't care who's in the way of her getting them for <laughs> she what she needs. Goes she gets just them. strolls into this room. <laughs> Here's this world-renowned person who has come to the same research lab by different means. Right. Which I think is pretty funny. <laughs> right. And um, and she doesn't care who he is. He's got the beakers. She needs to run her experiment, and she's going to take them. Mm-hmm. And people like can't believe that she had the audacity to do this. Well, he couldn't believe she had the
1: audacity right. to do that. <laughs> yeah.
0: But even so, later on through a little bit of a meet cute, they
1: they connect, mm-hmm. and and he is just as socially awkward. Yes. you know, they're they're the brilliant minds that um, don't have the capacity. I, people just think differently, right? Right? Like, right.
0: Yeah. It's
1: for the socialness, you know, they don't have any they just you know they 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 miss those,
0: yeah,, I, but together, they work exactly right, oh, yeah, they each have strengths and weaknesses that completely balance what the other has going on uh, absolutely and when she she uses the phrase more than once in the book that they had chemistry, mm-hmm. they're both chemists, so this is the funny play on words they had chemistry, she fully believes they actually. Like had a connection, right? And that's partially um, because because they were they were good at different things and could sort of guide each other <laughs> in, those, in those situations. So Elizabeth and Calvin become a couple in an unconventional way for the time, and they are f- they're in a fully committed relationship. They have a Oh, an agreement that works for them. Calvin makes most of the money, so well, right. Elizabeth feels right. she's going to contribute to the relationship in her own way, so she's, and, in, and she's in charge of cooking, which wh- at the time, I didn't understand why it way. was important, right. but it is later. Yeah. And um, She does not believe in marriage. Nope, she doesn't want to get married. Nope. She doesn't think there's any like need for it. Mm-mm. It's not going to change the way that they feel about each other. It's really just going to be how people see their relationship, so they don't get married. Mm-hmm. And then... I We have to spoil this. Yeah. I think we have to spoil this. Right. And then Kelvin dies in an accident. A
1: very twisted, bizarre accident yeah. in a way. But, yeah. you know, it was just like, right. And she's left on her own,
0: un unbeknownst to her, pregnant. Correct. With a newly adopted dog and, and people have been like waiting for the opportunity to get rid of her at the research institute because mm-hmm. they don't like the way she operates. So they take her condition, right, and use it against her, right? So now she's left out in the cold out in southern california, but out out <laughs> of a job on her own with a baby, with a dog, and no job prospects because they've basically they've let her go under not great um circumstances. right? So she starts, this is, I thought this was adorable. She builds like a whole lab in her I, kitchen. I know. She turns like, her kitchen so impressive. into a lab. She starts doing freelance scientist work, which, uh, is that a thing? I don't know.
1: <laughs> in she 90, made it a 50, thing. I don't know.
0: Uh, yeah. And she is um, raising a very precocious child. Is that the
1: right word? Would
0: you, is that the word you would describe Madeline?
1: I would describe okay. Matt as a precocious child. Um I Also wanna, super smart. Also super smart. Um I <laughs> between the dog yeah. six thirty is the dog's yeah. name because that was the exact time that six, the six the dog found um Elizabeth and came home. So right. named six thirty. And then um and so the man, or Elizabeth's trying to teach the dog words. <laughs> And right before I think Madeline was born, he was up to 390 words or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, And so, and she was reading to the dog, like she was reading, like, I don't know, um, science journals. Yeah, to the dog and whatever, trying to get him to be smart and, you know, 630, because you get the dog's perspective too. That's, you know, every so often you get a, the dog is thinking. You you get his point of view. Yeah. You get his point of view of what's going on. And then, you know for uh madeline you know the daughter mm-hmm. the daughter she's reading darwin to yeah. the ba- <laughs> yeah. to the baby and you know Puts her in kindergarten at four four years old because you know she's so smart yeah. and is bored and whatever and everybody keeps telling me, Well, you can't put him in until five years old. Well, she's in. She does it anyway. <laughs> she does it anyway. So it's another it's another example of when things don't make sense to her. She does them in right, her own
0: way, right? So and this is it's also it becomes a little bit of a story about like found family, right? Like oh, absolutely. So Elizabeth comes to rely on her next door neighbor to help with childcare. Um Elizabeth eventually goes back to work at the research institute that had fired her to start with um because she desperately needs more income. Mm-hmm. And the freelance work she was doing, I won't tell you how, but it dries up. She's she's not doing that anymore. And not you Kelly, but the listener. I don't want I don't want to
1: ruin everything. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> but she um so she goes back to work at the research institute, and it's they're they're just treating her like garbage. And she can only take that for so long. In the meantime, her daughter <laughs> has been like, she's not she's not being bullied into giving up her lunch, but she's she discovers that her daughter has not been eating the lunches that Elizabeth is packing for her and instead giving them to a friend at school. And Elizabeth engages with the friend's father about like Basically, pack your own kid's lunch. Tell her to stop eating mine. And he works in television and decides that something she says about cooking food that matters might strike a chord with an afternoon TV audience. Right. Because the clown audience, the clown show that was on before,
1: (laughs) is no longer. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And so this is Walter. And Walter (laughs) develops this idea for a TV show where Elizabeth is going to teach people how to how to cook, but they are looking for, like, a
1: fun, sexy, lighthearted... Your your 1950s with the tight dress and the high heels. And and the the cocktail at the door when your husband gets home. It was very important, that cocktail.
0: And Elizabeth is having... Well, she's not having none of it. Because the TV show, I think, intrigued her because because it meant a lot more money. She didn't have to go back to work at the research place. It meant a, a steady income... For her and her kid. And I think she had in her head the TV show was going to be one way and the TV channel had it or TV station had it in another way.
1: Right. Because to her, cooking is chemistry. Cooking exactly. is science. Yep. And she's not wrong. She's not wrong. Mm-hmm. Um And so she thought that, you know, this would be a way for her to impart her user her science knowledge and whatever to impart To whoever was listening and whatever. But that was not the view of the TV station. In a sign of the
0: times, they didn't think anyone would watch a science-y cooking show. Right. Ladies were not smart enough for that. Right.
1: (laughs) And when she (laughs) she first gets on set... It, and they're live right away. It's not like you record. Yeah. So they're live and she gets on set and it's just, and she sees the whole set. that They spent weeks putting money mm-hmm. and time into to develop a kitchen set that looks like the home that somebody would be cooking in. Yeah. And you have to remember that Elizabeth's kitchen is a lab. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't fit her no. style of whatever. No. And she's, she, I think her, she's, what the heck is this? Or yeah. something like, I mean, she says something. Like, this isn't going to work, or something like that, live, and everybody goes nuts.
0: She gives away half the set. She does. (laughs) Because if there's too much in her way. She has the audacity to wear pants. Yes. And not a dress. Right. Um, And, yeah, and as she's cooking, she's explaining the scientific concepts behind, like, why food, you know, tastes the way it does when you combine it with this, and how water affects the ingredients. And she's – and – People in the audience are bringing notebooks and pencils right.
1: so that they can write down everything she's saying. Yeah, because Vinegar on her food list was CCH002. <laughs> everybody's calling going, yeah. what is CCH002? To,
0: to her credit, when things like that happened on the show, she was quick to make those adjustments yes. because that made sense to her. Right. right, like When people were calling for the next day's grocery list because they didn't know what an ingredient was, she went, oh, I guess I should have put that part in layman's terms. And from then on, she did. Right. She made those quick adjustments that way. But when the um, the producer or the director of the TV station um, tried to convince her that she should do things his way, that didn't go well for him either.
1: No. That's <laughs> my favorite part in the book. It, how? Yeah, the outcome of that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was like, it's just like, she was just so nonchalant. No. I mean, just, yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. And, um,
0: and I, I wrote down there's, there was a lot happening on like two pages of text in here that really um, sort of, for me, summarized a lot of the points of this book. And it was um, that. Elizabeth was very much. Her, her her quote is, "I won't perpetuate the myth that women are incompetent. If they cancel me, so be it. I'll do something else." And she and she would have. You right. know, she she was not going to do it unless they let her at least include the things that she wanted. Now maybe there was going to be some compromising, but she was not going to make women feel less than right with her with her show, and she was making good money doing yes. this tv show which then allowed her a paycheck for her neighbor and in the same section of text um elizabeth had been true to her word she now paid harriet and it was harriet's first paycheck and she couldn't believe how powerful it made her feel harriet has been stuck in what seems to be a terrible loveless marriage for quite right. some time and 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 later we hear that she went to her um her Place of worship, and I can't remember what kind of church it was, but she was in confession, and um, the priest's guidance to her was be a better wife. Like <laughs> so, for her to be so for her to you know to the the point that this this line of text made that the, her paycheck made her feel like yeah, these are things that throughout this whole book, this is mm-hmm. what we're what we're hearing. Elizabeth is making decisions for Elizabeth, and she's doing what's right for her. What everyone else thinks, she could care less. And if she's not going to be able to be true to herself, she's not going to do it. And right. I thought that those those two lines really stuck out for me. Um, so anyway, we find out Elizabeth's show is wildly successful, oh, despite yeah. what the TV producer has been telling everyone. She she calls a canned soup poison. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's it's. It's a suit by one of the show's sponsors, and so they're a little worried about that. She goes on Air Live telling everyone she's an atheist, Atheist. which was not something you did on TV in the 60s, Um, but people loved her anyway, and and the people who were making the show were sort of struck. They were, I think, struck by that. They they thought there was no coming back from this, and and there was, Um, but we did have one sort of dramatic scene where... There was somebody who was anti-Elizabeth trying to right. get involved, in 6.30 got to be a hero. Right. Um, that's a fun section, so I won't give all the details on that. But, um, yeah, she was a really inspiring character, and everybody wanted to know who she was. She was fiercely private. She wasn't putting Madeline in the spotlight well, at all. because she was judged every time yeah.
1: about, you know, she wasn't married. She had a child out of wedlock, you know. And uh, here comes this reporter. And here comes a reporter, right? And so... Um. And, you know, the, good for the reporter, though, because he he she did open up to him during mm-hmm. that story. He just couldn't print it because the newspaper or the magazine—it was Life magazine, wasn't it, not? Is that the one? Yeah, I think it was Life magazine. Yeah. He couldn't—because that wasn't the story the magazine was looking for. Mm-hmm. So he had to print something else. He couldn't show her as the strong woman that she was right. and the one that was doing all the research and has, you know, is a credible scientist and whatever yeah. because— that's not the way women were portrayed during that time, so he had to sort of doctor it a little bit. He wrote a good story.
0: The magazine picked out the things yes. that they wanted to tell, which was not her whole story, correct? And she, she, not the reporter, but she caught the flack for that, mm-hmm. and it made her not want to be on TV anymore, right? And and then ultimately, a character who keeps popping up. Throughout the story, way from way back when her original stint at the Research Institute, where the character was not very good to her. Mrs. Frask. Yeah. Comes through. (laughs) Right. Right. And Elizabeth is um, vindicated?
1: Yes. Is that right? And, you know, you would think that Mrs. Frask being the, whatever she was in the HR department of, or a secretary or whatever, you know, like one of the lone women in the Hastings lab. Yeah. You know, so you would think that she would have some kind of alliance with Elizabeth. Yeah. But no, not at all. There was a lot of jealousy. There was a lot of jealousy Mm -hmm. there. And and come to find out they have similar experiences Mm -hmm. that happened to them as they tried, because Mrs. Frask wanted to be a psychologist. Yeah. And the same thing that happened to Elizabeth happened to Mm -hmm. Mrs. Frask. And they don't find that out until the second go-around right and so but you know and it's like it's that jealousy that gets mm-hmm. you know you or what are women whatever and sometimes women and can't get perceptions past that. that are untrue right yeah but in the end
0: uh frask makes it right right in some ways um and Elizabeth and throughout the whole story we get we get more and more about Calvin and Calvin's past. Madeline is assigned a family tree project, which is everyone in Madeline's life thinks this is ridiculous because it just, it feels invasive and right. not everybody's family is going to look the right. same. And, you know, so it's a whole thing. But, and Madeline finds a really interesting way around it, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, right. it spurs Madeline's interest in where her father uh, came from. Right. And so we get this whole sort of second storyline about Calvin's family, where he came from, why it mattered where he grew up and what was happening from there. Um and so in the end, going back to that found family thing, it's Elizabeth is she finds herself surrounded by people that she can trust. Right. That people she's she wants to engage with, the people who love her, and she has created her own little family, even right. in the absence of the man she was madly in love with. Right. Yeah. So
1: um, it was a good story. It was a good story. It was a really story. good story.
0: And despite the fact that it's 390 pages, it's not slow reading. No. Yeah. I yeah. read this on vacation, so my day was passing fast anyway. I, was on vacation I just, day, know, but...
1: I think back and I think, gosh, when, you know, I didn't grow up. I wasn't an adult during that time, but okay. I was born during okay. that time. And I'm just thinking, man, you know who wants to live like that? I, I mean I, but again if that's the way the world is and you don't see anything wrong with it then that's fine for you but you know looking back at what yeah. we have now compared to that it's like yeah no
0: and I loved the stories of women who were like watching her show who like decided that it was okay that they wanted to go to medical school in their late 40s right or, um you know I was I was cracking up when like people in shops were overhearing women like, what was the list
1: from last night? How what do we what's N A C L again? <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> and- or the time that she um so the other thing that she started doing. So Calvin was a rower. Yes. And that's how he got um into college and he was a a, a rower. He got on scholarship. And so he taught her how to do it. And then so she says one time in the cooking show that, you know, you should go out and row. Yeah. So now all these women are overrunning the rowing... Yeah. the men's the rowing men's clubs. The men's rowing yeah. clubs. And, uh, yeah. She was an early influencer. She really was. <laughs> Anything she said, you know, yeah. women wanted to do. Yeah. And that, going
0: back to... The producer who wanted to like make her do things his way, he was telling her like bombastic lies about how people were responding to the show. Right. He had folders full of information from new sponsors and syndication offers and this whole thing, and he was like, "No one likes you. You right. have to do things the way I'm telling you to do them because I know what I'm talking about." And he was a big fat liar. Right. And <laughs> she, she proved him all wrong about that. But but I also um, I thought it was a really. Like, brave, bold move when she knew that she was, like, tapped out on this. That she was... I don't want to do this anymore. Oh, yeah. She just walked out (laughs) on the set and... Announced. ...told everybody, this is my last Last show. show. And that was it. And even the... I mean, Walter knew. Walter knew. But the crew didn't know. Right. And, yeah. But I think it it alluded to the syndication carried them for a
1: while. (laughs) They were doing okay in the, in the funding. So...
0: Yeah. Um... Yeah. So and then she was worried, you know, she was trying to decide after this notoriety, they thought that everybody would be offering her a place. And it's it's um, it's very uh, bow on a present, how the story wraps up and how she gets to go back to Hastings on her own terms right. because of these cool things that happen. Right. And those are also fun details. I
1: So it's karma, right? I, f- yeah. I fully believe in karma it doesn't mean it's going to yeah. happen in my lifetime no. but sometime along the way you know yeah. and that's what I felt at the end of this book is like mm, yeah, you all got what you deserved no. right no. in a lot of cases I don't know that TV
0: producer probably deserved that knife but I, <laughs> she didn't have, didn't have the opportunity right so um, <laughs> yeah I so I liked it was there anything that we missed that you wanted to say I don't say? think so okay um Kelly's so
1: prepared. She's well, like, I had to take notes because I read it, and then I read two on. other books. Yeah, <laughs> and then I'm like, okay. Um, no, I don't think so. Mm-mm. Yeah, if Bonnie Garmus read something
0: else, I'm ready to read it. I have to tell you, this is a good. This is a, well. I, I just have to share this. I was talking to my friend's 12 year old, and I was telling her about um, the story how it was about a woman whose like work was being stolen, and she was like, "Oh, you mean like Maria Curie?" And I was like. <laughs> <laughs> I could have hugged her. I was like, "Oh, I'm so glad that you're paying attention when you're hearing stories like
1: that." <laughs> so,
0: yes. so yeah, so yeah, there even the little ones are aware. So this is great. That I was so pleased that she was able to make that comparison. Mm. So, um, okay, so I, lessons in chemistry. We we gave you a really surface look. Get into this one. Yeah, Read there's it a thoroughly. lot in
1: there. And it's a fun read, too, in many ways, Most, too, so I yeah. don't want to give away Mostly. the fun stuff. There, yeah.
0: But be advised, there are some scenes. Yeah. You'll know they're coming, yeah.
1: but there are some scenes that are a little bit harder to read. And, um, But I would just laugh out loud sometimes at the things that Elizabeth, the way she would rationalize things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it would be like, okay, I would have never come to that conclusion, but no. okay. But I
0: can see how you got there. Right? Yep. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> That's fine. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, that's a wrap on book 35. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What are
1: we doing for 36? Oh, we are going to do um, Grady Hendrickson? Hendrix. Hendrix. Yeah. Hendrix yes. Grady Sorry. Hendrix. Um, So, another one of Grady Hendricks. Um, um, how to Sell a Haunted House. Yes. This is a wild one, Kelly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Longtime listeners may recall that we reviewed um, The Southern Book Club's bit, Guide to Slaying, to Slaying vampires. vampires, which we loved. My favorite book. It was the, that was the best book I read that year. Yeah, And then we also reviewed The Final Girl Support Group yes. later on in the podcast episodes. Yes. So this will be our third Grady Hendrix book. This one is unlike either of the other two. Okay. Final Girl Support Group was more realistic than either of them because there was no like supernatural element to to that one right no it was just like that uh, was just
1: the murderous people right so like your slasher movie
0: yeah yeah but this one has uh, all i'm gonna say is is there are creepy dolls involved and i'll leave it at that but be ready (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay.
1: This, I can't wait to start. Yeah, it's
0: it's a wild one. So okay. so we'll be back next month with our review of that. In the meantime, we hope you're enjoying whatever it is you're reading and we will talk to you then.
1: Cheers. Cheers.